Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. We want you to know that Creekwood Church is open and you're invited to join us in person or online this weekend. More information about services and in-person safety precautions is available at creekwoodchurch.com. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. If you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7. I want to warn you, we are going to be looking at a lot of scripture. If you don't uh, have your Bible today or or, um, you're not able to write down all of these, all of the... uh, that the entire message is going to be online, all of the, the, the scriptures, everything that you can go back and read them and see them and look them up for yourself. Um, but um, I, I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture. You know, we are in this series, second weekend of Built to Last. And if you were not here last weekend and didn't hear Pastor Brad speak on this uh, just incredible uh, series that we, we started last weekend, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was a phenomenal Uh, teaching on the foundation and how important it is for us to lay the right foundation spiritually in our life. And and it's all built on our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not built on our relationship with religion. It's built on our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the solid foundation of our life. And we're looking in this series, what does it look like for us spiritually to build something in our life that's going to last? That spiritually, what you build in your life, is it really going to last? I think COVID and this pandemic has really revealed a lot of things to us. For a lot of us, we've realized and we've seen that really our, our faith and our relationship with Christ was really not built on the right things. It revealed a lot of things about really what are our foundation and are we really building something that is, is going to last that, you know, when I, when I say building something to last, I'm talking about what's happening in your heart. I'm talking about spiritually, is there a transformation, a change that like when nobody else sees you, what's really what are you really like? That there is, there's a change that's happening and it is, it is something that is going to last in your life. And our theme scripture is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everybody say rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. And I... I love this, this scripture, the theme scripture for our series because it's so important for us to recognize that when we, when we hear the words of Christ and we hear the words of God, if we don't put this into practice and we don't actually live out what it's talking about, it really is not a solid foundation in our life. It's not really solid. 
You know, we're living in a, in a time that more than ever, you better know what you believe. You better know that what you're building is going to last in, in the generation of, of this next generation, what you're passing down to your kids, the morality, their belief systems. Um, if you're not putting into practice, if this is just a, 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 a ritual that you go through and there are other things that are really driving your life and it is not according to really what's happening in your life spiritually, it's not going to last. And I want to talk to you today about a, a, a part of your life that I believe that spiritually a lot of us are missing it. I think it's probably one of the number one areas spiritually where a lot of us don't recognize the power of what it could do for us when it comes to building to last. And we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen somebody or been around a celebrity and you didn't recognize them at first, but then you recognize them and you got really excited? This happened to me two weeks ago. Me and a group of pastors were up in Frisco. We were having some meetings and we got there early. We were, we had decided, me and a buddy of mine, we decided, hey, let's go walk around. There's an area where there's this outlet, out, outdoor uh, shops and stuff like that. And, and we, were, we, were, we were in this store, we were checking out and the people in front of us had just checked out and they're, they're, they forgot to take the security tags off their, their, their stuff. So they come back in and I got a glance of somebody and I thought, no, that can't be. They took the tags off and they said, we're sorry. They walked out and I walked out with my friend and I said, I think that's a famous golfer. And he said, no, that can't be. And I said, I think that's Lee Westwood. All the golfers in here know who that is. Those of you watching online see the picture of Lee Westwood. But those of you in this room right now have a great imagination and know that Lee Westwood is an amazing golfer. He's famous around the world. He's from England. He's like, I, I love him because he's one of the old guys. So I'm like always Pastor Matt's, like he's this little young kid, you know, that is awesome. It makes me sick at golf. I told him one time, what would ever happen if I ever beat you? And he said, I would quit golf. <laughs> but Lee's like this older guy and he's doing really good. And I watch him and I know the details. His girlfriend is his caddy, which I think is kind of awesome that, that his girlfriend carries the, the golf bags. <laughs> and like, he just like, she's carrying it. And I'm like, I told my friend, that's his girlfriend. And we're, we're, we're starting to kind of follow them and I'm like, let's follow them. <laughs> I'm a stalker, okay? Uh, we looked away one and he turned and looked at me and I knew he, he knew I was recognizing him. I don't know how this happened, but we lost him. But we didn't lose his girlfriend. We followed his girlfriend around everywhere. 
Because I told my buddy, I said, we, his, he's going to show back up. We just got to follow his girlfriend. So we're, we're, we, follow, we go into this lady's store and she's in there and we're walking in and like, we're like, it was awkward because people were walking up and they were like, can we help you? I said, we're just shopping and it's all lady stuff. She gets to the register and she talks and she's got this accent, like this English accent. And I'm like, see, I told you that's Lee Westwood's girlfriend. She's on her phone texting, and, and, and I knew she was like, these guys are weird. And, and she texts, she was doing something, and, and she walks out the store, and then all of a sudden I see this, this, this Tahoe pull up, this black Tahoe, and it parks, and he gets out, and he starts walking towards us. <laughs> and I told my buddy, I said, we are getting a picture with him. And he's like, no, we're not. Let's not bother him. I said, we're getting a picture with him. So we stopped him, and those of you that are watching online can see the amazing picture that I have, but the people inside here right now can't see it, but they can visualize it. I got this, he was the nicest guy. We, we talked, and we, we were like, man, we're pastors. We're going to be, we're praying for you that you win. I later found out something that I was kicking myself do you know he's won 54, he's, he's earned $54 million. I was standing next to somebody with $54 million and I did not talk to them about the beyond. We could have built the, the church tomorrow. But I was telling him, we're praying for you. We hope, he did awful in the tournament, but anyways. We got a picture. You know, I was so excited when I recognized who he was. And I think a lot of us, we've heard about the Holy Spirit. Different people maybe, you know, grew up in different experiences where you've heard about the Holy Spirit, but you don't really recognize who he is. You don't really understand who he is. A lot of us, if we're honest, maybe you grew up in, in a town where, where there was a little church down the street and they always talked about the Holy Ghost and it gave you the willies because you were like, oh my word, what are they doing over there? And, and you, you just heard all kinds of stuff about the, the Holy Spirit and your experiences of maybe some church here or some person there, you watch TV and you saw somebody in, in the name of the Holy Spirit do some things that you were like, I know that there's a Holy Spirit, but I'm gonna leave him out of my faith. I'm fine with God the Father and I'm fine with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, I don't know. And I'm here to tell you today and I want you to hear me, you are missing it if you leave the Holy Spirit out. The Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit is, he's not an it. The Holy Spirit is, is, is part of the Trinity. There's God the Father, there's Jesus Christ the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. The three of them are one, and he is an active part of our life. 
See, I know we've seen a lot of people do some weird things, but they, I think they've given the Holy Spirit a bad name. And I wanna just tell you this, is that the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird and they blame it on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Man, there's some weird people out there. Don't blame it on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not weird. Those people are just weird. But you can't make him be like Cousin Eddie that you don't want him coming over for Christmas. The Holy Spirit, the power to build in a way that lasts is directly connected to your relationship with a person of the Holy Spirit. To build to last in your life spiritually you have to have the Holy Spirit actively working in your life. You know, um, when you kind of back up a moment and you, you follow the, the life of Jesus and you see the last days of Jesus and, and uh, there's a scripture, some scriptures that I wanna show you in John chapter 14, John chapter 14, that just to kind of give you some background, uh, this is a conversation Jesus is having with his disciples. It's the Last Supper, chapter 14, 15, and 16. He's telling them, I'm getting ready to go away. He's, he's telling them, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you. I'm getting ready to go away. In verse 16 of chapter John chapter 14, he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jump down to verse 25, it says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, everybody say helper. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. Jump over to John chapter 15, verse 26. It says, but when the helper, say helper. I'm just making sure you are awake and you're with me. But when the helper comes, whom I sh shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Jump over to John 16, verse seven. And this is, this is where it really gets good. Because he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Stop right there and think about this. He's telling the disciples, it's really to your advantage. It's to your benefit that I go away. That sounds a little weird. Because if you had to, if you had a choice between physical, the physical presence of Jesus 
And, and that's what the disciples were experiencing. They were experiencing the physical presence of Jesus. They were walking with him. They were seeing him do miracles. How amazing was it? Like the disciples, if they had a headache or you, you, like you could tell Jesus, hey, would you pray for my headache? You'd have to take Advil. It was awesome. Like your dog gets out, he gets ran over and he's kicked the bucket, he's dead. You could just go get Jesus and Jesus would come lay his hands on that dog and he would rise up. If your cat got ran over, he could perform a funeral right then and there. It's awesome to walk with Jesus and physically be with him, but he says it's to your advantage. He's talking to the disciples. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, everybody say helper, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. John 16 he says this, and this is amazing. Listen to this. It says, verse 12 through 13, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he, he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is your helper. If you're gonna build something, don't you need helpers? And in your life spiritually, you need the Holy Spirit to help you build. He's a helper. But I, I wanna just, I know this may sound elementary to some of you, I wanna be clear that to, with you that he, it's, he's not some force that's out there, he's a person that we have this relationship with just like you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, just like you have a relationship with God the Father, you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He has been sent by God to be your helper. Isn't it, isn't it like, a co is it a coincidence that maybe Satan has tried to get us to be scared of the Holy Spirit? Is it maybe the reason why the Holy Spirit has, has worked so hard to make so many people believe that the Holy Spirit and him working and filling you in your life, it's, it's too weird and I don't want that and I don't want to have anything to do with that. Is it maybe that, the Holy, that, that Satan has tried to convince people to not invite the Holy Spirit to fill them? See, you receive the Holy Spirit when you receive Christ into your life. Do you know that you can't receive Christ without the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us. He's the one that draws us to Christ. So when you receive Christ into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit in your life. But one of the things that you see is that the, Holy, the, the disciples, and you see this continually, that that the, the disciples were continually filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, there is a great place in all of our lives for us to continually say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me today? 
Holy Spirit, I want you to fill my life. Why is that important? Let me show you this in Ephesians chapter five, verse 15. This is the apostle Paul. This is, this is after the day of Pentecost. This is after they've seen all the powerful things the Holy Spirit does. Ephesians 5, 15, it says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. This word filled in the Greek, it's an imperative command. It's, when it says filled, it's not saying like maybe be filled. It says do it that this is a part of your life that the Holy Spirit wants to take this active posture in your life. He is your helper. Second Corinthians chapter 13, 14, it says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are supposed to continually be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, having this relationship with him. So how are you doing when it comes to opening your heart to the Holy Spirit? I, I think that a lot of us, again, um, we, we've been trapped by our own, our own experiences and we missed what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life and we're, we've not been open. Let me show you this, this scripture in Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, verse five, it says this, and this really gives you an idea of, of why this is so huge in your life. Romans chapter eight, verse five, it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Galatians five sixteen says this, and it, it speaks of the battle that you are in every day. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's the Bible. That's not some denomination. Listen to me. I know Creekwood is, is like Baskin Robbins. There's a bunch of flavors here. What's beautiful about our church is there are people here from every background, every background imaginable. That you come from all different backgrounds and it, again, it's easy if you grew up Catholic or Lutheran or, or, or uh, a Pentecostal, whatever, Baptist, whatever way you grew up, listen to me. I'm just encouraging you to clear all those, those experiences maybe that you had and push them aside and say, is there something that I'm missing when it comes to the Holy Spirit in my life? And just begin to be open. What, 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 what if you are really missing the greatest breakthrough of your life? 
Listen, in Galatians 5, 16, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Wow. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your your good intentions. This is a tug of war that happens. And listen to me, the battle doesn't end after you become a Christian. The enemy is out to destroy you. So how do we, how do we do this? How do you build on the Holy Spirit? Number one, you, re- you, again, you believe the Holy Spirit is still working and you recognize your need. If you're taking notes today, you can write that down. It says just, you believe the Holy Spirit is still working and you recognize your need. You know, so many of us, we um, love to be in control of our lives. We live in a culture where uh, yielding our, ourselves to anything or anybody, it's, it goes against us. And us actually being willing to, to say, you know what, I wanna yield control Maybe, is it maybe the reason why we're so stressed out and so anxious in our culture is because we're trying to control everything and we're too stubborn? I, listen, I can be the captain of the stubborn people because I, 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 something's always happening to me because I'm stubborn. And one of the things, this happened to me uh, recently. Uh, in fact, this last week, uh, you know, my wife's always telling me, put my shoes on when I work in the yard. And, and um, I, I listen sometimes, but most of the time I don't. And I, I love being barefooted, working in the yard. And, and um, I was walking really fast barefooted and I clipped on this, this edge of concrete that was coming out. Not my pinky, but you know, the next, the one that you wear your ring on? <laughs> my, my ring toe. It clipped that thing and it, it like, those of you that are watching online are seeing how gory it is. It's nasty. My toe swelled up and I was like, I'm not telling my wife. I'm not telling, my, wife, my foot was getting purple. I'm not telling her. And, and uh, I finally went in and confessed to her and told her, babe, man, I think she just looked at me and like, I told you to put your shoes on. And so I got a three-hour sermon that day, enjoyed it. <laughs> but she's all even telling me to put house shoes on. And this, this happened two nights ago. I got up in the middle of the night, and my wife's got this exercise bike, and, and it's, it's in, she's supposed to push it back against the wall. It's in our bedroom. I got up, like, when you're my age, you got to get up and TT about 50,000 times. <laughs> I got up to use the bathroom, and I clipped the bike with my broken toe. She didn't get out of bed. She said, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I was dying. You know, a lot of us, we're so stubborn. We're so stubborn in our life and, and being, being willing to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, I believe and I have this need in my life. I have to have the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the Holy Spirit to fill my life. There are areas of your life that are not surrendered to the Holy Spirit. 
And this is why it is a continual, continual process of you continually yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit where you're continually saying, Holy Spirit, would you just fill me up completely? Would you just fill me up completely? Because there's some parts of my life, there's some areas of my life that I'm not willing to yield, that I've been too stubborn to, to let go and release this to you. See what happens, it's, it's, it's gonna be powerful. Which brings me to the next, number two is, is how do you build on the Holy Spirit? Number two is you receive power for a purpose. You receive power for a purpose. And again, a lot of people believe, and, and, and this is where I think this has done more damage to our view of the Holy Spirit than probably anything else, is that a lot of people view the Holy Spirit as something that just brings me emotion that it's about emotionalism. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit has not been given to us by God just for us to have great services. And for us to be able to go, man, I had the tingly winglies in church today and the Holy Spirit was here and praise God, let me go live my life. There's a purpose to why the Holy Spirit is here and why he's working and why he's our helper and why he's trying to change our life and working. And, and you, you see this, it's, it's in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. There's, there's a purpose to the power of the Holy Spirit and that is to, to allow us to be witnesses to this world. In Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth, Acts 4.31 says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You will receive boldness and power in your life, but there is a purpose to it and it is for us to be witnesses. And again, I think that a lot of us, when, when, when we focus on the emotionalism of the Holy Spirit and we're just like, man, I just wanna feel good and I want the Holy Spirit to help me have a great service today. Listen to me, that, that's, that is, it, 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 it brings so much damage to the Holy Spirit. Because why? Because it's become about you. And this is where people start doing all kinds of weird stuff. And listen to me, the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit has a purpose and a goal that he's trying to change our lives so that we can be witnesses. Number three, you experience the benefits of the Holy Spirit. There's benefits to the Holy Spirit. John 16, seven says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I, again, this is a scripture I read to you a few moments ago, but if I go, I will send him to you. There's benefits. Number one, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. John 14, 6, 16 that we read a few moments ago, it says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. You think about when you go through grief and pain, you need somebody to comfort you. And that's one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit is that he's come to give us comfort. He leads us and guides us in truth. Number two is another benefit. He, he guides us. 
verse 13 of John 16, again, we read that the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. You need somebody guiding you into truth. He gives us good gifts. There's gifts that he gives you. And this is where a lot of times we start to stumble and we start to think of, man, I, man I, I'm kind of scared of the gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are powerful. But don't get caught up. I know there, there are different people that, that, that wanna just kind of put their finger on and say, you know what, the, the only evidence of, of uh, being baptized in the, or being filled in the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit is, man, you better speak in tongues. But you see this in the, in, drop the scripture that one of the evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that you receive power. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power with the Holy Spirit. Another evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is love. This is a big one that a lot of us miss. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, go read in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14, it talks about, the, it's the love chapter, but it also talks about, Paul's talking about the abuse of the gifts. And Paul says something so powerful. He says, if I have all the gifts and don't have love, I have nothing. Listen, you, you can go say you have all the, all, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but if, if you're not, you don't have love in your life towards people, I question whether or not you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's, there's this fruit that, that, that happens. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, self-control. Listen, if you're not a kind person and a gentle person, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's the fruit. And number four, the, the evidence that, that, that I love is this powerful that, that God has given us these, these gifts. And different ones are gonna receive different gifts. When you, when you open yourself up and you say, Holy Spirit, would, would you fill me? You know, one of the, one of the gifts is, is having a discerning spirit where you can discern things. Don't you wanna discern things? And I'm just, I, I'm encouraging you today to understand that these gifts and, and the filling of the Holy Spirit, it is for our, our lives and it is what helps us build our lives to last. You know what another great benefit of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it says that, you know the Holy Spirit actually helps you pray. How many of you need help praying? How many of you know somebody that needs help praying because when they pray, it's boring? I'm just being real. We all need a little help. Do you know it says in Romans 8, 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all, all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. That's amazing that the Holy Spirit is actually praying for you right now. He's interceding, he's helping you communicate with God. So I just wanna ask you today, are, are you making a part of your spiritual journey 
the quest of saying, you know what, I want to build something that lasts. I'm not interested in just having a, a, a superficial relationship with God. I, I want all that he has for me. Amen. That you open yourself up and, and when you're at home and man, you're sitting out in the back patio and, and, and you're hanging out by yourself or, or the, you know, your wife's next to you and, and you just, man, you have this moment that you say, Holy Spirit, I need you to be my helper. Would you fill me? I got a lot of areas in my life that, man, I've been struggling with and, and I know I, I've been stubborn and I don't wanna surrender those things. But would you just fill me, Holy Spirit? And watch what begins to happen in your life. I wanna pray for you today and you know, if you're here today and you never accepted Christ into your life, I, I wanna encourage you. That right there where you're at, you can receive Christ into your life. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Invite Jesus Christ into your life to forgive you of all of your sins. Father, I thank you for those that are making this decision today to receive you into their life. Lord, I pray that God, they would take this first step, as Pastor Brad said, of building our foundation, that the, the way that we are saved is, is receiving Christ into our life. Father, may all of us be willing to go deeper in our life to say, I want all that the Holy Spirit has for my life. I wanna build something that lasts. I wanna open myself up and say, Holy Spirit, whatever you have for me, whatever you wanna do in my life, however you wanna work in my life, I open myself up for you to fill my life completely. I thank you for this, God. I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit in us, God. I thank you for this in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Are you new to Creekwood? If so, we're glad you're here. For more information about our church and how to take your next step, please visit the Connect page on our Creekwood Church app.